0: Say, uh, are you guys going to Davenport? My car died, and I'm late for a luncheon. We usually don't pick up hitchhikers. But I'm going to go with my instinct on this one. Saddle up, partner. You're it. You're at quitsies! Any quitsies? You're at quitsies? No, any quitsies? No startsies? You can't do that! Can't do? Uh, no, cannot stamp it! Can't do? Double stamp it! No erases! You cannot triple stamp it! No erases! tough no, blue no, make it no, through! No. You can't triple stamp la, a double la, stamp! You can't triple la, stamp la, a double la, stamp! Lloyd! You can't triple la, stamp a double stamp! Lloyd! Lloyd! You guys! Enough! Hey! Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio or something? Radio? <laughs> Who needs a radio? Ready, Harry? <laughs> Mock, yeah, ing, yeah, bird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mocking bird, don't everybody. everybody have you heard? Have you heard? She's She's gonna buy she's gonna me a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, she's gonna buy me ring. a diamond ring. And if that and if diamond, diamond, ring diamond ring don't shine... Hey, Lloyd, look, there's some people want to ride, too. Pick them up! Hey. Uh. seen Dumb and Dumber. Anybody seen Dumb and Dumber? All right. that came, Man, that came out when I was a kid, long time ago. Yeah, funny, funny movie. My favorite part, mock C. Yeah, I love when they're doing it in Spanish. Anyways, all right. So, welcome to church, everybody. I'm glad you guys are here. We, as far as I know, we're missing a lot of our middle schoolers. Hey, guys. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Pay attention. We're missing a lot of our middle schoolers that I think that go to school here at GCA. They're all in Niagara Falls suffering for Jesus, so we'll uh, pray for them and hope they have a good time. But, uh, I think uh, all of Grant's buddies are on that trip, right? That stinks. All right. Anyways, so we're going to go ahead and get started. But um, I want to ask you a question about that video that we just saw. Um, would you say that, that Lloyd and, uh, what was the other guy's name? I forget. Harry. That's right. Lloyd and Harry. Would you say that they are difficult people to be around? Yes or no? Yes. 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 I would go, I, I, my favorite part is that he reached for his gun to kill them right there in the, in the car. Now, if you've never seen the movie, the, the, pretty much the premise is, is um, I, think, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think somebody thinks that Lloyd and Harry stole a whole bunch of money, and I, I think they did, actually. They, they, they found all this money, and they bought all this stuff with it, and that guy was coming to get the money back, and uh, he was going to kill them eventually, and uh, it doesn't go too well for him. I'll let you watch the movie and figure out what happens to him. But the reason I show that clip, again, is because those are two very difficult people, I would say, to ride in a car with. If you have children, you'll realize that they are difficult to ride in a car with. You've heard the the question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I didn't think it would annoy me until I actually had kids. And then I was like, shut up. We're six hours away. Calm down, right? Well, let's go ahead and put up our slide for the uh, series. This is our, um, our series that we're in right now. It's called You Asked It, and uh, let's talk about your questions. And over the last, what, three weeks, we've been doing a bunch of questions that you guys have asked us on index cards. We, we sent out some index cards to you guys and had you all fill them out, and any questions you had, um, remember some of them were, can you lose your salvation? If you're a Christian, can you ever unbecome a Christian? We talked about that. Well, tonight, the question that we're going to ask is this. How do I deal with difficult people? How do I deal with difficult people? I actually got this question a couple of times. They're like, you know, somebody uh, is difficult. And, and I, just off the top of your, your head right now, who can think of a difficult person that they know? <laughs> right now? Okay, uh, let, let's do an experiment, okay? Who's the most difficult person in this room? Point to them right now. Point to the person who's the most difficult. Me? What? Okay, brother and sister. Okay, we got two here. All right. Brian, is it CC? Is it CC? Oh, okay. <laughs> he goes, no. Hey, smart answer, bro. All right. Well, listen, we have all dealt with difficult people. I was thinking today as I was uh, getting ready. What's that? Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. I thought you had a question. You're straight. <laughs> nice. Well, I was getting ready this morning for work, and I was kind of thinking about my, my message, and I was, I was actually uh, j- had just woken up. My son Peter, who's my third kid, came into the room, and he, uh, he always kind of jumps up in the bed, and we're like, hey, Pete, what's going on, man? So I was like, give me a hug, man. So he kind of lays near me, and I'm giving him a hug and stuff, and he's not a real cuddly kid. He hates hugs, so anytime I can get one, I, I really try to treasure it. And so I'm holding him, and I'm like, yeah, give him a hug, like kissing his cheek and stuff, and he's like, and he's kind of like, get off me, dad. He's two. Okay, he's two. So then... He kind of pushes off of me a little bit. And I'm like, come on. And I see him look down at me. My head's here. He's up here. And then he just goes and headbutts my, my cheekbone right here. And for all day, my cheek has been hurt. It's, it hurts right now. And I remember I, I, I threw him off of me. I was like, get off me, you punk. I'm just trying to show you love here, man. You're going to treat me this way? My two other kids, Mora and Jack, they love to come up behind me. They'll sneak up behind me, lift my, the back of my shirt up, and slap my lower back as hard as they can. <laughs> evil, evil people. And guys, it hurts. In fact, I've wanted to give them away. I've said, guys, we're going to put you up for adoption, all right? We're going to get rid of it. And then my wife's like, no, we got to keep them. So we kept them. But the idea is that all of us deal with difficult people probably on a regular basis. Now, when I read this question, when I read this question, how do I deal with difficult people? Here's how I took it. And maybe this is not how the person who wrote it took it. But to me, it's how do I deal with people who have wronged me in some way? Has anybody here ever been wronged by somebody before? Somebody has treated you wrong. Of course, right? right? If you're in high school or middle school, which all of you are, it's happened, right? Adults, it, it, I mean, it still happens nowadays. Fred wrongs me on a regular basis in the band. He wrongs Andrew too, all right? But the thing is, somebody has, what, what, what just happened? Was that, he was taunting you. What'd you say? <laughs> Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andrew gets carsick everywhere, so don't ride with him. All right. So, so the, um, again, I think, I think that some people, we, we've all been wronged. In, in fact, I just saw a video, which I thought was hilarious. Who's seen Endgame? Anybody seen Avengers Endgame? Raise your hand. All right. Who liked Avengers Endgame? Raise your hand. All right. Who thought it was hot, flaming garbage? Raise your hand. Hot, flaming, Yep. there we go. The people, my friends. All right. Here's the thing. I'm not going to give you a spoiler, but... There was, um, on two separate occasions, and I've seen the videos, there was a guy who walked out of the movie theater, and he, uh, as people are walking into the movie theater, and he goes, hey, everyone, spoiler, 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 and he told all the spoilers, and somebody beat the crap out of him, like, right there on the spot, they beat him up, threw him on the ground, and, like, there's videos of him, like, all bloodied up, and, and, uh, and so all this support came in online for the people who beat the guy up. Like, they were all supporting them. They are like, yeah, the kid deserved it, right? And you got to think, these movies have been building for, what, 12 years or so, and to have it spoiled last second for, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, for sure, I'm a Christian, so I'd say not to beat them up, but, but I understand. I'm just like, oh, I get it. Yeah, people are going to beat them up. So that, they, they were wronged, okay? Now, what we're going to talk about tonight, and this is my bottom line, and I actually didn't give this to you guys in the back, so don't worry about putting it up, but here's what I want to talk about today, Okay. We as Christians, actually, I I always forget to do this. If you have your phone, okay, if you have your phone, go to genoastudents.org, okay, and you can go to the main page here, and leaders, I would encourage you to do this because your small group questions are here. Hit sermon notes, okay, and then all of our sermon notes are here. Before we go any further, okay, no more potty breaks, all right? You guys are big, nope, 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 you're big, you're big boys and big girls, okay, no more potty breaks, you can last for 20 minutes, all right? So just nobody get out of your seat, all right? I told you I have very bad ADD, and it distracts me, all right? So just stay in your seat, just stay looking, laugh at my jokes, nod your head when I think I make a good point. All right, so our, um, these, are, these are the notes. Follow along, all right? Here's my bottom line for today, and I don't know that I even put that in the notes, so you may have to type this out. Here it is, ready? Christians are called to take the first step towards pursuing peace. Christians are called to take the first step towards pursuing peace. Now, what does that mean? It means that if you and somebody have a beef, okay, if you guys have some kind of argument, you as the Christian, I don't, I don't care who the other person is. I don't care who you are. If you claim to be a Christian, it should be in you to try to reconcile that problem. You should try, okay? So I'm going to read us some scripture, and then we'll pray, and then we'll dive in. This is from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 31. This will be on the screen. You can follow along. But I say to you who listen, now listen, this is very hard to hear, okay? This is very difficult to, to practice. Here it is, ready? I say to you who listen, love your enemies, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, like my son Peter, offer the other also. If anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you. And for someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Let me pray for us. Everybody bow your heads. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this night that we get to come together and just worship you as a body of believers. Uh, This is a topic, God, that I imagine everybody deals with, which is forgiveness, which is um, uh, dealing with uh, reconciliation with somebody who may have done something wrong to us. But God, tonight as we discuss this, I pray that you can um, help them uh, hear the scripture that I'm going to say and and the points that I'm going to make to uh, hopefully uh, make it so that we can be Christians who care so much about unity that whenever something happens, whenever we're wronged in any way, we don't hold it against that person but that we actually try to reconcile with them and grow closer to our relationship with you by forgiving them. So God, again, be with me tonight, be with everybody here that's listening, and I just pray for a good night. We love you and praise in your name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and dive into it. Point number one, all right? These are going to be three points that I'm I, I'm, I'm going to give you. These, I, I wouldn't say these are extremely practical, like it's not a one, two, three step on how to get over something with somebody. But hopefully these are three points that maybe you've never thought about when it comes to uh, forgiving someone or having a resolution with someone or reconciliation. So let me, let me give you these. Here's the point number one, okay? Conflicts are inevitable. Expect them. Confl- conflicts are inevitable. Expect them. Now, I want to read you uh, one passage real quick. This is from Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says, we all went astray like sheep. We've all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him, meaning Jesus, for the iniquity of us all. Now, for the record, that's in the book of Isaiah, so this is even before Jesus was born, and they're talking about this person who's going to uh, pay this uh, pay the penalty for us. So this is, this is what I love about the Bible, is there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that they're predicting about this coming Messiah, this coming Savior, that comes true in the New Testament. In fact, uh, statistically speaking, it's... The the chances of somebody accidentally fulfilling all of these prophecies that were predicted in the Old Testament is crazy. It's crazy. They said the chances that one person, Jesus, would fulfill all of these prophecies is statistically the same as if they took a quarter and laid it all over, took just however many quarters, laid it all over and covered the whole state of Texas with, with quarters, and then uh, one quarter randomly they mark with an X. And then they blindfold somebody and they say, okay, walk that way and see if you can find the, the, the quarter with the X. Like this, the, this, the um, what's the what's what I'm trying to say? The, the chances, the probability of that person picking the right quarter is the same probability of one person accidentally fulfilling all of those prophecies from the Old Testament. It's crazy. And even statisticians agree with this. They're just like, yeah, it's nuts. So Jesus, in the Old Testament, was predicted to, to do all this stuff. That was kind of a side note. But um, remember, conflicts are inevitable. Expect them. This passage that I just read to you talks about how all of us, were all like sheep. We've all gone astray. Does that, does that mean that some of us are like sheep? Some of us have gone astray? No. How many have gone astray? All of us. That means that everybody in this room has sinned. That means that everybody at some point has turned their back on God for something else, which is what sin is. And the reason that I'm telling you guys that conflicts are inevitable, expect them, is that every single person in this room still has a sinful nature, which means at some point in your life, you are going to selfishly do something to somebody else. Or somebody is going to do something to you. Married people, can I get an amen? All right. It's true, right? If you, any, in fact, any relationship that you've ever been in, I, I'm going to venture out and say that they have wronged you at least once in some way, all right? Nick, I've wronged you plenty of times, and I apologize. Let's reconcile right now. <laughs> okay, everybody apologize to Nick who's wronged him. Everybody tell No, it's all right. Oliver, what have you done to Nick Dotson? Okay, all right. So anyways, all of us, in every relationship... What would you say? Oh, okay, let's move on. Every relationship has had conflict at some point. And guys, you see this, especially with kids, especially with kids. My, my, the whole first nine years of the ministry that I've been in has been in kids ministry and you can just see it, man, that guy, that kid took my ball and then they had this big fight, right? That person called me a doo-doo head and then they had this big fight, right? And, and, and I'm like, man, it, it's just crazy that, that people are so conflicted. In fact, here's how I know that every con- every relationship has had a conflict. What was the first relationship known to mankind? Somebody tell me who it was. Adam and Eve, right? So Adam and Eve, they disobey God. They turn their back on God. God finds them in the garden. And what is the very first thing that Adam says to God? It was her, right? He blames Eve. He says, he goes, whoa, 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 God, this wasn't me. It was her. And I can imagine her like, what? What? No, it was a snake. And then God says, okay, okay, hold on. Guys, this is the very first couple. This is the prime example of what humanity was supposed to be. And even they messed up. Everybody messes up. Everybody will um, uh, will will at some point have a conflict with a relationship with somebody that they're in. Right? I have uh, I've I've only done marriage counseling twice officially. Okay, but I have uh, but I've I try to give a lot of young married married couples that are getting married. I try to give them this advice, and it's it's pretty much this: uh, fights are coming, expect them. Okay. Fights are coming. Expect them. I was, I was counseling a young couple the other day, and they came up to me, and they're like, Pastor Matt, I'm not going to tell you who they are, but they're, they're like, Pastor Matt, things are just so bad, and I said, tell me about it. So they're telling me about it, and what had happened is he's a very sarcastic guy, which I, I really enjoyed. He, they were telling me the things that he was saying to her, and I was laughing about it. It was, it was pretty funny, but, but she goes, I can't believe this. He says these things. I take them the wrong way, and then I get my feelings hurt, and then I yell at him, and then... And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, is this the problem? And they said, yeah, this is the problem. I was like, man, you guys are fine. Like, you guys are good. If this is all your problems are, I say, guys, listen, every marriage, that, that's a part of being married, especially in the beginning, is you got to learn how to fight with each other. That's pretty much what it is. And then eventually you, you learn what doesn't offend your spouse and then you learn that. But, but guys, fights come, conflict comes. What's most important is how you resolve the conflict. That's what's most important. When we're talking about how conflicts are inevitable. Expect them. It's just kind of the reality that we're in. We're going to get into disagreements with people. The question is, is how do you as a Christian handle the disagreement? How do you handle the conflict? Because that says a lot. That says everything, right? So that's point number one, okay? First thing, remember, conflicts are inevitable. Expect them. Here's point number two. I'm going to put that up on the screen. Conflicts are sinful. Resolve them. Conflicts are sinful. Resolve them. So, we're supposed to expect them. We're supposed to expect them. Now, the next step is now you got to resolve them, okay? So let's look at Matthew verse 23 to 24. Now, this is a passage. This is, uh, this is Jesus here, and he's saying, guys, listen. Uh, back in these days, people would go, and they would give their offerings to God in different ways. They would give burnt offerings. They would give, you know, some of their stuff to the temple. And, uh, and listen to what Jesus says here. He says, if you are offering your gift at the altar— and there, so let's say you walk up to the altar, you're getting ready to offer your gift to Jesus, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar, then go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come back and give your gift. Now, this verse, I remember this, reading this verse for the first time and just being like, what? This is crazy because... Let's imagine for us, when we're talking about giving our gifts to God, it can be a ton of different things. A good example of this is what we just did a minute ago when we were worshiping God, okay? We're not giving anything, like we're not giving money, we're not giving stuff to God, but what we are doing is we're, we're supposed to kind of close our eyes and just give ourselves to God here for a couple minutes, right? You're doing this when you're learning about God now. You're giving your time to God. But what, the, what, what Jesus is saying is here is he's saying, guys, listen, Before you even worship, before you start to sing to me, before you start to give me things, if somebody's got a beef with you, you need to go squash the beef, right? This is what they say, right? You need to go and you need to get this settled. You need to go and do this. Does anybody have any idea why you think that is? Why is Jesus saying, fix this and then come back and then worship me? Any idea? Oliver. Darn it. I was hoping for a good Oliver quote tonight. All right, that's fine. Think about it. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Bryson, look at this, dude. I'm very, guys, give Bryson a big round of applause. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. That is almost word for word what I wrote down here. Listen, well, guys, you can't worship God if you hate his most prized creation. You can't do it. Listen, you can't worship God with the same mouth that you curse his most prized possession. So think about this. God made everybody. He loves each and every one of you guys. Okay. Nope, you missed your chance, Oliver. I'll come back to you. All right. I'm just kidding, dude. I'll come back. But God made each and every one of you guys with purpose, with meaning. He he loves you so much. You're one of God's children. And if you as a person are saying, you know what? I I can't stand you. I hate you. And you guys have this, this conflict. And then you come to church and you try to worship. God's like, no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't that mouth that you're worshiping me with right now was just cursing at that person. You were just saying terrible things about that person. You were just uh, gossiping about that person who just happens to be my child. Just happens to be, right? I've told you guys this before. I heard a kid talking crap about my kid Mora once, and I wanted to kill him. I was like, I was like what, did you, what did you just say? And he was like, that tall girl over there, man, she's annoying me. I was like, that's my daughter. And he was like, What? And I, I was just, as a dad, I was so offended, you know? And it's the same way with God. We, we're each one of his children, and God doesn't want you talking and, and, and having these, these conflicts with people. Now, let me say this. The reason I put conflicts are sinful, resolve them. And I'll be honest with you. Not all conflicts are sinful at first. Again, you'll realize this when you get married that sometimes you might say something that your spouse will take the wrong way that you never intended to mean that way. And so I would say that that conflict at first is not wrong, right? It was just a misunderstanding. However, if it continues to go unresolved, guess what happens? The worst thing happens when you dwell on hating somebody or or if you're offended by somebody and you just think about it. And guess what happens? It grows. It's just like a living creature, right? It grows. And it grows because what you're doing is you're feeding it. You're feeding it. You're saying, hey, oh, man, can you believe it? My... Back in my old church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, my pastor, his name was Pastor Painter. Okay, and Pastor Painter, uh, there was this big, this big uh, problem with my church where all of the deacons, all of the elders left, and it was just him. And my dad said, "We're not leaving. We're committed to this church. We're going to stay." So we all stayed. And as we, we went on, Pastor Painter and my dad started to get into some real big fights. My dad was one of the deacons. And, and I remember I overheard my dad talking about it. And I was like, dude, that guy can't talk to my dad like this. And, and, and what, what I realized was when you have a problem with somebody, you don't forgive somebody, everything they do you think is a bad thing. I mean, I mean he would come in and I'd say, hey, Pastor Painter, and he wouldn't hear me. And I'd be like, that dude just ignored me. And he didn't ignore me, he just didn't hear me. But because I hadn't forgiven him, my, my, my mindset was, I was attributing malice to him when it wasn't even there. Uh, he, would, he would say something from the pulpit, and I was like, he's talking about me, I know he is. I was like, he's talking exactly about me, right? And the thing is, I, I, as I got older, and I just realized, I was like, man, I was in the wrong there. I was in the wrong. Like, I, he didn't do anything to me, he didn't really. I, the fact that I held that against him, it just grows, and it grows, and it grows. I feel like you don't get mad at a person and you stay that level of mad the whole time. I feel like it just gets worse if you don't resolve it. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? This is why why, there is a passage. I should have pulled it up, but it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Meaning, if you get in a fight with somebody, resolve it as soon as you can. Starve that animal. I'll call on you in just a little bit, okay? Starve that animal. Don't let it get that big that it's going to become something that takes you over, okay? Because remember, conflicts always become sinful if you let them go on too long, so resolve them. Here's my last point. Point number three, conflicts are opportunities. Seize them. Conflicts are opportunities. Seize them. Let me read you a verse here. Romans eight twenty eight. very popular verse, which I imagine most of you guys have heard before. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I love this verse because essentially this is saying that, you know, if we are Christians and we're called to God's purpose, whatever happens is part of his plan. It all works for the good. Meaning if you and somebody within the church here has a conflict together, when you resolve it, it is a great, great thing. It's a great thing. I had a guy that helped me out in kids ministry. And I remember that, I don't know what it was, but I said something that got him really upset one day. And so then I went to his house, and we, we had this picnic at his house, and a bunch of us went over there. And I remember I made a comment to uh, – there, there's a guy who comes to church here. His name is Paul Nash. And whenever me and Paul Nash see each other, we just insult each other. That's like our humor. I'll just be like, what's up, old man? He's like, what's up, you, you I don't know, whippersnapper, you know, whatever it is, right? And I'll just be like, oh, man. One time he called me a liberal. I was like, bro, too far, all right, too far, all right? But, it, but we joke about this, right? He'll say this stuff. And, and so he showed up at this party, and I walked up to him, and I was like – what's up, you old geezer? And he goes, not much, you squirt. And then this guy was already upset with me. And when he heard me say that, he was infuriated. Because Paul Nash is an old guy, right? He's older than Fred. I mean, he's really old, okay? And so when we, I wronged you, I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? (laughs) He does not forgive me. So, So I remember that the next day in church, I'm gathered around with my small group leaders, and we're getting ready to go into kids' church. And I said, hey, let me pray real quick. I said, hey, uh, such and such, thank you so much for letting us have that picnic at your house yesterday. It was awesome. I said, it was a great time. And he goes, yeah, it was a great time, except for you being a wise ASS. And he called me that right in front of all my small group leaders. And I was like, and I sat there, and I was like, what What did you just say? And he goes, I said you were being a wise. And I was like, this dude just cussed at me in front of all of And so I said, can I speak to the side for a minute? He goes, yeah. So we walked to the side. And I said, you can't call me that, especially in front of all of our small group leaders. Like, come on, man. And he goes, listen, the, the way you treated that guy yesterday was very disrespectful. I was like, yeah, that's what we do. Like, that's our thing. That's, that's our joke. This is our love language to each other. And he could not understand this. And so, I, so eventually, we, we went on. Week after week went on. We were emailing back and forth. And I said, hey, if you have a problem with me, tell me what it is. Email me and tell me what the problem is. Apparently, he had, like, nine or ten problems because <laughs> he wrote this whole document, and I'm sitting here just going through them, and all of them were misunderstandings. All of them. Like, I, I went up to my mother-in-law once, and, and I forget what it was. I was like, are you coming to eat with us? And my mother-in-law's like, no. And I said, hey, well, then I'm never going to let you see your grandkids again, like, as a joke. And he thought I was being dead serious. He goes, I can't believe you would speak to the mother, the grandmother of your children that way. And I was like, bro, you don't know me. <laughs> like, this is what I do. And so, all this goes back and forth. Eventually, I go to Pastor Frank, and I said, hey, I got a problem, man. I don't know if you can help me resolve this. And, and, and Pastor Frank's first thing is he said, let me talk to him, but I guarantee if I talk to him, he's not going to be helping you in your ministry anymore. And I said, well, I'm not ready for that yet. Let's, let's do it. So we got together, and, it, and eventually it came to a point where I said, look, this is who I am, right? You haven't shown me that I'm doing anything sinful in the Bible by using Scripture. So if you can't get on board with the way I do things, then it's probably best if we just go our separate ways. And this guy goes, well, I don't want that to happen. And I said, well, okay. And then it was the weirdest thing. He came the next week, and he was awesome, right? Every week after that, everything was great. And to this day, I, I, I talked to the guys and staff, and I said, guys, I'm so glad I didn't boot him off my team right away. Because now he's a champ, you know? And this was an opportunity here that we could have went our separate ways. We could have been upset with each other. But because we resolved it, he ended up staying on board. And, and the thing was, a lot of the kids loved him. A lot of the kids really liked him as a leader. I didn't want to lose him, you know, and so things were pretty good, and, and to this day, things are pretty good. So, guys, the, the cool thing is, is that when, when these conflicts do come our way, I want, you to, I want you to treat them exact, if you were in church Sunday, you heard me talk about these trials and, and, and these bad things that happen in your life, and James, in the book of James, it tells you guys to um, see, consider it joy when they come your way, because this is a chance for you to grow in your relationship with Christ. Now guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, mark my words on this, okay? If you get in a fight with somebody and you guys resolve it, a lot of times friendships are way stronger after that. That's been my experience anyway. I don't know if that's been your experience. But the times that I've had problems with people and we've confronted each other, it really just made our relationship stronger. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool, all right? So I want to end with this last, last thing here. This isn't in my notes, but... Um, Actually, put this scripture up, if you don't mind, Luke 23 to 34. Now, let me set the stage here, because when we're talking about forgiving people, I don't want you to take my word for it. I don't want you to say, oh, Pastor Matt has forgiven somebody before. I'm going to, I should do that. No, no, no. I want to show you the best example of forgiveness, okay? Jesus Christ himself was beaten. He was put on a cross. Even before he was put on the cross, he had to drag that cross through the street. They were making fun of him. They put the thorns on his head. I mean, it was a terrible thing. They nailed his hands and his feet to this cross, set the cross up. Now, if that happened to anybody in here, and we had the ability to, the Bible says that Jesus at any moment could have called legions of angels down to just clean house. Did he do it? Nope. In fact, this is what he said. Look at this. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And then it says they divided his clothes and cast lots. Let me, let me repeat that. Ready? Uh, just a One more time for context. He was beaten. He was humiliated. He was dying on this cross. Remember, when these nails are in his hands, he has to lift himself up just so he can breathe because his chest is collapsing on itself. Yet, with his words, he says, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. I am 100% confident that anybody who has wronged you in any way has not wronged you as bad as Jesus was wronged the day he died on the cross. Yet, how did Jesus respond? What I want to encourage you guys is the Bible, the, the Bible tells us exactly what Jesus, how he responded. And we as Christians are supposed to, as best as we can, live like Jesus lived. And the best thing that you can do, and honestly, the most godly thing I think you can do for a person is to forgive them. That's the most Christ-like thing to do. I mean, this is what he came to do, was to die on a cross for us so that we would all be forgiven of our sins. None of us deserve forgiveness. So the moment that somebody wrongs you in a certain way and you look at that person, you go, I can't believe this person would do that to me. That jerk. Just remember that you have done way worse to God. Way worse to God. Get off your high horse. Okay? So do me a favor. Let's all stand together. Here's what we're going to do. We try to do this every now and then. Everybody go ahead and stand up if you don't mind. All right? We're going to sing one more song today. And this is a song called, Oh, Come to the Altar. And what I want to encourage you guys to do, uh, leaders, if there is leaders in the house, you guys can go ahead and come out to the front just kind of stand up here. We're going to open up this altar for you guys. And I want to give you guys an opportunity where maybe there's somebody in your life that has wronged you somehow, okay? Maybe there's somebody in your life who has done something pretty terrible to you. And here's the thing. I know a bunch of you guys, and I know that, that people have done some pretty bad things to you guys in the past, but what I want you to do is remember what my bottom line is. Remember, if you're a Christian, you're called to take that first step. It doesn't matter if somebody has wronged you and they don't want anything to do with reconciliation. That doesn't matter. What matters is what you do as a Christian. So this altar up here is open. What I want to encourage you again to do is maybe there's somebody in your life who's wronged you. I want you to think about this person and if you want to, you can come up to this altar here with these leaders, and they will pray with you. And I don't want you to leave tonight holding a grudge against somebody. And, and here's the other thing. Some people that you forgive, they're not going to forgive you. This is not going to happen, right? This is part of life. But that doesn't matter. That's, you can't control what people, how they respond to you. What you can control is how you respond to them, okay? So if you don't mind, Fred, why don't you pray for us real quick, and then uh, we'll sing.